Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On Season 2. And it's almost Halloween. I'm so excited. I love Halloween. Whatever you're doing, it's just so much fun. The kids get dressed up. You know, in the first year, last year was the first time I went trick-or-treating with my kids. And they had so much chocolate and sweets, I thought they were going to burst. My house turned into a jungle gym. Anyway, I have a fantastic superstar for you today. And I think she's quite apt for today's episode. This lady has been touring for over a decade with her own show. She's an author... She has her own perfume out at the moment, and you are going to love her. She's our favourite TV psychic. Please welcome the gorgeous Sally Morgan. Sally, I'm so excited for you to come on my podcast. You know, the first, well, I think it was the first time we met, and I was actually coming in to chat to you. I must be over a year ago now to do your podcast, which is now flying and doing amazingly well and it's brilliant by the way but I'm so thrilled that you're here today thank you you're welcome your time it's lovely darling you're so welcome and you're so gorgeous and I've got photographs of you all around my house at the moment um your album sits it's I'll be very honest with you. I grabbed your album cover as a coaster. Uh, we got a new desk, and literally, I was our first cup of tea at the desk, and I thought, oh, and there you are, your sort of your 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 lovely face, and I flipped it over and put an. You're now a coaster on my. On my desk, darling. I like that. I can be a coaster. I can be... <laughs> at the moment, I think I can be anything. I mean, how, how's lockdown treating you? I mean, I guess you've gone through lots of changes. Yes. You're not meant to be touring. Well, I'm meant to be touring. I'm, my tour, like a lot of people in the theatre, it's a one-woman show and it's on a perpetual loop. So, yes, I was meant... I was doing shows one night and then the next night got up to go and do another show and all of a sudden the government says no so complete lockdown and it's it's horrendous because um I employ people and um there are furloughed at the moment but from October it looks like the furlough could stop so I don't know what's going to happen and and have you just been rescheduled or are you just waiting to see what's going to happen? Yeah, well, I've got a booker like we all have and he has been really busy rescheduling. Um, he was rescheduling for September. Now that's been moved to um, January. I, I was doing about 90 dates anyway. So now next year I've got the rescheduled 90 dates plus dates that should have been for 2021. <gasps> You'll understand this. So it's a bit crazy. Um, so 2021 if we're back in the theatre, it's going to be completely mad. Um, But lockdown has given me opportunities at my age to look at social media, to look at the technology that's out there, like you and I are talking now via Zoom. It's just... It's amazing, isn't it? Well, for me, I mean, not for you, darling, you're you're young. I mean, <laughs> you're talking to an old lady here. Oh, I don't know. Zoom has been a big, has been a huge education for me over, I mean, I've been, it's, it's been able, it's enabled me to, to keep creative. And, and I think, don't you do, do you do still readings on Zoom as well? I mean, how is that? Well, I am. I'm doing. I'm doing re- readings by Skype, Zoom, and FaceTime even with my little phone. But it's it's amazing because it's like it takes me back to what I, back in the day when I was working. I ran a practice for forty six years from home, and wow. it would they were one to one readings. People sat in front of me, literally in my tiny little office. We converted the garage, and it takes me back to those days. And listen, there is nothing wrong with 
you know, going back to how things used to be. I feel like I've gone back to the shop floor again. And maybe, you know, there's a greater power up there. And it may be they're trying to tell me something as well. So it's like, it's not bad at all. We need occasionally to have our feet firmly on the ground. And this lockdown has done that for me. Oh, hasn't it ever? Well, it? okay. Let, I mean, let's take it back to early days. I'm sure you've told this story many a times. But how, I mean, I was reading, I know a bit about you anyway, obviously, but I was reading, you know, you've got to do a little bit of research last night. And I was finding out all sorts of stuff that I had no idea. You've been doing this for so long. Mm. And I wanted to know how how it all kicked off. I know, obviously, you, you came into our public eye when we started doing the TV stuff and when, you, you know, you did psychology it's psychic star and mm. and um you had your own programs and suddenly that launched you into a whole different era but how, like what was it like when you were starting out how did you how did you get clients to start off with how did it well, all come about well uh, Kerry it's really interesting because sometimes I have to remind myself because life at the moment is a bit of a whirlwind when you're you've just got I mean I've got a very very small profile but it's it's still a whirlwind for me but it started um Really, by complete accident, somebody when I I used to go to when I was at school, um, I was known as the weird uh, pupil, and people would say, you know, you said something to my friend the other day, and it happened. It was like, did I? You know, and I didn't even realise what I'd said. But so one day I met somebody that I used to go dancing with when I was fourteen, and we were walking. I was walking along the road with the pram. The baby was in the pram. She had a. She was pushing her pram with her baby. And in those days, you went and had a coffee in the wimpy. That's how long ago it was. Oh, and, I remember the wimpy. Yeah, and <laughs> as she was talking to me, I could see this in my mind's eye. This. Uh, boy that I used to go to school with and I thought why am I looking at him she went up and got the coffees and basically it turns out that she married him she said oh I married somebody that you know from school got his photograph out and that was the face I had in my head as she was getting the coffee so I told her that and she thought I was really weird so it started from there she 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 mentioned it to someone that person knocked at my door um I said well you know I can speak to you, but I didn't know what a medium was or what. I don't think there was the term psychic then either. I don't know where that came from. And basically, you know, hey, presto, you you sort of like get a reputation. Luckily for me, it was a good reputation. <laughs> it was word of mouth. And before I knew it, the years had gone by and John and I, um, you know, I, we had a a house that was a little bit bigger, a little three-bedroomed house, which was bigger than than what the two-bedroomed house we had, and I could do see people in another room that we weren't disturbed. And all of a sudden, you've created a practice. I mean, it was really... I wasn't aware of developing a reputation that would take me into a new era. And all of a sudden, psychics became the new big thing. It was really mm-hmm. bizarre, really. And then, how, when was the when was the first TV show? When did that come knocking? And and that I mean, well, that was, that was a huge it, it was it was a massive game changer. And the lovely, the wonderful Anna Richardson, she came for. I'm sure she won't mind me saying this because I'm giving her a very good plug here. But basically, <laughs> she came for a private reading, and whatever I said to her. Blew her, blew her away I think and she said I want to come back for another reading the following week which she did little did I know that she was going away and developing in her mind 
a, a television format because I didn't know then that she worked in TV and whatever I was saying to her was obviously about TV and about her work but I didn't realize that mm. and she went she then she came back she said look I want to talk to you about something that um is to do with work and I thought that's a bit strange anyway she came back she developed this format she, she went away she did whatever you had to do then which is what we have to do now is pitch it mm-hmm. and um before I knew it I was sitting in ITV and they said to her I I literally it was all above going right over my head but basically he said to her yes we want it we want uh 10 10 programs um and he said she said great when do you want it for and he said I want you to start filming tomorrow (gasps) and it was literally it you wouldn't get that nowadays it was that unheard of and so so I thought oh that good not realizing what was involved in filming a television program mm. the, well the first thing that was involved was that I had people booked in literally six seven eight months ahead and what was I going to do I didn't and I just said yeah I'll do it and so there I was with seriously six months of full work six days a week seven people a day wow that's how I worked that we had to cancel we had to oh. move <gasps> Oh my goodness! But and then and then obviously from from then you suddenly being on everybody's screens must have turned your business like just on its head. I mean, it must have gone. Well, it did. Well, it did. Well, it was. But there's only me. You know, I didn't run a group practice. It was me. Mm, (laughs) You know, there weren't like ten other mediums here. So it was. um, Yeah, you. I filmed it. People were reasonable I think the people that that were paying at the time 25 pounds an hour for a reading were felt very privileged I but when I look at it now this is what they did that they could see somebody was was on the telly do you know what I mean yeah absolutely but it did certainly didn't go to my head because you know I was still doing readings and and I would say oh you know I can't see Wednesday because I've just got to film another episode and they went oh that's okay they were like in awe and there was me it was just like this is what you do. Do you know what I mean? Seriously. And when did, because you have a family and, and did you, when did your, it's your daughter, isn't it? When did she come within all this? Like, were you doing the telly? Were you touring? Were you, how did, how did that work around? Well, you sort of, one thing leads to another. And because I had the television series, I was then approached by a promoter. You know, I didn't know what a promoter was. And he said to me, I can see this as a stage show. And seriously, years and years and years ago, when I was in my 20s, I remember saying to my mum, do you know what? This is when I i never, ever look at my own life. But I said to my mum, she was sitting there, she can remember it. I said, do you know what? I think one day I'll be an actress. This is what I... She said, what do you mean? On the telly? I went, no, I think I'll be on stage. And she went well, you've got to go to RADA. I mean, we're so innocent. Do you know what I mean? And I said, oh, no, I don't think I'll go to RADA, but I think I'll have a stage show like that. I mean, hello? Wow, wow. So when this promoter, sorry, this promoter approached me and said, we'd love to put you on stage, and I remember saying to him, oh, yeah, I think I remember thinking one day I'd do that. Uh, what? Wow, how funny. How... Did you start, when you mentioned your dancing, though, when you were younger, did you start off at a local dance school? Did you have a bit of kind of theatre training early on? Was it, is that where it sparked from? No, 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 no. I, I can't dance. I can't dance at all. Um, have no rhythm whatsoever. But did, always wanted 
to be on the stage. And my mum sent me to, on a Saturday morning, to Doreen English Stage School, it was called. And I used to go on a Saturday morning, I don't know what it was, it was something like, I don't know, five bob or whatever but she they couldn't afford it but somehow she got the money for me to go to Dorian English and um yeah that and then you grow up and you get a boyfriend and it's like oh yeah I'm no good I can't do that but it was something that I always thought one day in the back of my mind I will be on stage one day and so your tours your tours came I guess later then after after the TV series yeah. and and then you started touring your own show did it feel really different to suddenly be putting what you do on stage because I guess it, I guess what you what you normally or what your your history was was being very intimate like one on ones it was yeah but it's room, in, and then suddenly you're in a room of people how yeah. is that well I it never. I never, like, you're sort of dissecting it, which is understandable, but I never dissected it. It was like, yeah, that's okay. Like, this promoter said, we'll put it on stage, da, 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 we can do... And I said, no, I know how I want it. Now, where did that come from? And wow. I knew exactly how I wanted to be able to put across my work on stage, which was very different to how... But very different to, you could say, um, spiritualist churches where you, you do what they call platform work. And it's very sort of, it can be quite morose and it can be very serious. And, yeah. and But I knew that, that whatever I do with my work has to be led by me. And, it ha- and I, I have this personality that is larger than life. Listen, I'd be very silly if I didn't realise that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I'd be really yeah. silly. And I do have this. And my, my, this I do have this larger-than-life personality, and my work needs to be able to fit in with my personality. Otherwise, I am pretending to be somebody else when I'm working, and I can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So I I was approached because I had a TV series, and theatres will only take you if they think you're going to fill their theatre and so earn their money. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, did, we rocked it. I mean, I, I, they were sold out. They could sell out a whole week. I mean, sell out. That's amazing. That's amazing. Are you kind of, are you missing it? Are you ready to get oh, back on God, stage? Oh, God, I'm so missing it. Well, literally, two days ago, I said to John, we were sitting in the garden and it was like, it hit me, oh, what if I've forgotten? What if, not forgotten my work, what if I've no. forgotten to do on stage? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You know, I had a... I had a live performance at the Coliseum um, just recently. It was it was streamed. It wasn't um, there was no audience, but it was really strange to suddenly go onto a stage when I haven't been on a stage for I don't know five five months or whatever it is, and it was like, oh, can I still do this? Is and it was it was odd. It was odd, but but fun. You know, I do I do miss it, and I'm I, you know I need to get back out there. But, um, have you had any times when it, it's it, because what you do, it again is so personal and so, um, de- I guess, dependent on who's in the room. How I know you're what you're going to say. I know what you're going <laughs> to say. Have I ever had a time when then nothing has happened? Well, yeah, where it's gone wrong and you've just been a bit out of sorts and it's like... Because- no, well, I think that there is every single performance will have its highs and its lows. And the sort of work that I do, the higher the high the bigger the low is, just by the fact that you're up here. You know, you could be low there, but it could be such an amazing night, all of a sudden this low that isn't really low becomes lower. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so every single every single uh, evening that I'm on stage, you'll have... And, and everyone sees it differently. 
you know, you'll get someone that will say, because I do a lineup after, like you do, you know, you sign books and yeah. their programs and you say hello to them. And it basically, in the old days, I don't think we're going to be able to do that anymore. But anyway, and basically they'll say, oh, you know, when you spoke about that baby, I cried. And then someone will say, oh, when you got that man, you know, and he died on on his push bike and all that. So people see things differently yeah absolutely uh, which is which is rather handy because you are going to always satisfy by the law of averages at least 10 people in that audience if not hopefully more but yes you do have and I do have my I'm a human being and it's like a singer if you've got a sore throat oh yes it's not going to be like the night that you didn't have a sore throat but then there might be someone in the audience that says I preferred your voice when it was when like it was that. gritty do you know yeah. what I mean so you know the the public, the general public. What can you're never going to please them all. No, and you and you're so interactive with them. You are talking to them. You know you're getting feedback. Do, I mean, do you get any? Do you ever get any skeptics come to the, the oh, like, of shows? Of course, and I, of, yeah, and they want to. They want to. They want to let you know they're a skeptic. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not going to say they want to start trouble, but they want to let you know. And I immediately I say to them, first of all you know, thank you for buying a ticket, but that was a lot of money, that ticket. And yeah. you've come here to basically abuse the evening. That's yeah. why. And so therefore there there are like 800 people in here and you're the one person that is trying to ruin their night. Mm, and yeah. I always say to them, there are 10 doors behind you. None of them are locked. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free. I get, you know what, it's fun. I always find that funny. It's like, it's like hecklers, you know, I mean. I well, I get com- them. Com- yeah. yeah, comedians have hecklers and it's almost like they're on a mission to, to I don't know, to just make trouble. And it's, I, I, I'm exactly like, why have you bothered? Why do you waste your yeah. trolls? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're trolls. They're trolls. And it's, it's live it trolls. <laughs> they're live trolls. And I'm, my work, oh boy, I mean, they come out, you know, out of the woodwork. They're there. Um, and they will always be there. And uh, it goes with my work and yeah. what can I do? All I can do is do what I do. Uh, most definitely, as I'm getting older, when I'm in a theatre, I'm less tolerant because literally, you know, I would say 99.9.9% of the audience is there to have a good evening. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, my tolerance is is very, very low when I'm working on stage. I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's you're very brave. I, I get nervous when people start talking back. I'm like, ah! <laughs> um, um, talk to me about Big Brother. Cause I know. know. You know, I, can, I mean, but I'm, I've kind of got like a, 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 I'd love to do it, but I w- it would terrify me to do it. I mean, how, yeah. how, how did you even feel when you went in? I mean, was it odd? Were you... Well, I think what I had going for me now, when I look back, Kerry, is basically I had never, ever watched it. And leading up to it, the three weeks, because, you know, it's all top secret. And my daughter, who knew, because she's my manager, and she said to me, Mummy, you really have to start looking at (laughs) YouTube and click. And I said, I don't want it. And I think had I looked, I'd have been so nervous. But once again... um, you know, ig- this is where ignorance is bliss, really. I went in not knowing anything. Yeah. And you don't know who's going to be in there until you walk through that door. You you don't know. You haven't got a, the foggiest. They keep everything so top secret. I remember, I mean, I I have, I love Big Brother. And I remember I did, um, a, 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 what's the, Big Brother's Little Brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they walked me around the... Um, 
you know, like the, the, set, the, yeah. the tunnels backstage while there were people in there. And it was so bizarre, like seeing people have like living and being able to kind of it, like, look, it's like you going over to your neighbours and just having a good look through their windows. I know. Well, that's it. Well, the my bed, thing. well, my bed was up against because myself and, and Kirsty Alley, we were the only two that had single beds that we asked for. And they, it was up against one of those tunnels and it was there. They were like massive rats. And one day I think I said, have we got massive rats in here? Because you could hear them scurrying round the back. And of course, you, you had two way mirrors and I worked that out very, very quickly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And um, yeah, they whoever was behind those mirrors, they used to, sometimes they would get an eyeful uh, because you had got the lovely Gabby there. Do you know what I mean? It was like adjusting everything and sticking it in and taking it out, or whatever. So um, that it, it, Big Brother is and should be, and it is. It's a it's a a, a, a psychological experiment, isn't it, yeah, on us yeah. humans? And it's it certainly did that to me. <laughs> what, what was your what was your toughest moment in there? What, I mean, to, emotionally, probably to deal with. Oh, my, the toughest moment for me was definitely with um, Hardeep. He accused me of being racist, which yeah, and that was my toughest moment. That was my I I, met, I had a meltdown. That was my toughest toughest moment. I bet. And uh, how did I mean? Because you must feel so. Uh, Alone, you can't get away from it, can you? There's no, no well, I did. I ran out because I wanted literally, when I think back now, I ran out of the room and I was like screaming. And it was like, but I, it was right at the very end of Big Brother. So I'd been in there. I mean, I, I, I lasted the 26 days. So this might have been the 20th day or maybe, maybe later. And I, it was like, how dare he say this to me? Yeah. Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? So that was tough. But I do think when I look back as well, I'm I'm certainly not in any way giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I do think that the the pressure and everything, maybe I overreacted slightly. But then again, I think, well, I wouldn't because, you know, there's absolutely no way that I am. And how dare... And I was very aware, because you are aware that everything you're saying can go out to the public. It's being transmitted. Did you ever watch any of it back? None of it. I've never, ever... The only bit I've ever watched back is my interview after with Emma. Ah, oh, wow. It's weird to... I find it odd to watch myself. Do you I watch any, well, of, your, any no, of your programs? None of it. Ever, ever. And recently, I can't give something away because we're, something's in progress at the moment, but I've had to watch back some of my old clips of um, uh, Star Psychic and Psychic Sally on the Road. And... I was like 27 stone then. So it is like, it's really strange because I am looking at this woman in front of me that's me, but it isn't me. Yeah, uh, well, I, sw- I want to talk to you about that because, you know, your your weight loss was so, or has been so dramatic. Mm. And what, what, what made, what made you do it? What made, well, I wasn't inspired to do it. Well, I had a heart attack. I had a heart attack. <gasps> oh my goodness. And, um... You know, I was in the high dependency unit and this cardiologist, she's only a young girl. I mean, she was so brilliant. She was a consultant. And she sat on my bed and she said, how many eyes have you got? Two. How many kidneys have you got, Sally? Two. She said, how many hearts do you have? And so I went, oh, and she went, because if I see you again, you'll only have half of that heart. And she said, you'll have half a life or even less of a life. Wow. And she said, and that's if I'm able to save you. 
oh my goodness blimey that's enough of a wake-up call isn't it that's and And she she said well she said you've got to lose 11 stone to make your heart feel better she said and she looked straight at me she went and you're not going to and I sat there and I was like seriously you know I was nothing could come out of my mouth and she said um but what I'm going to do Sally is I'm going to make you healthy enough to have some bariatric surgery that will save your life. And that's what she did. And wow. a year later, I was able to have um, a gastric bypass, which is a very, very, very big operation. Mm. But it saved my life. Wow. Has it been quite... Has, was it a complete, like, lifestyle change? Did you find anything else that gave you... Did you find it... A, once you'd actually started to lose the weight, was it... Did you find, you know, uh, I'm trying to say well, yeah, a joy well, in it, you know. What, oh, of course. Did you find anything that, yeah. oh, well, I've now found, you know, speed walking or whatever it is. You you know, yeah. I found yoga and it's like changed my life. You yeah. know, I feel like I've found well, this. I found, well, I found my life again. That's what, because I only started putting on weight when I was 32. And, and I've got three children. I had three daughters and... After each pregnancy, I went back to something like... I mean, when I married John, I was six stone seven. I'm sorry, I can't do it in kilos. I was six stone seven. And then I, I, my heaviest, after having the children, I was seven stone seven. And then through my 20s, I was only like... I, I sort of oscillated between seven and a half stone and seven stone ten. You yeah. Know? And I used to think when I was seven stone ten, I was huge. So it was, I only started putting on weight big time from 32. So when I lost the weight 10 years ago, um, I, that's when really I got my life back. It was like I was reborn. I remembered being 20 again. Wow. And that was the biggest thing, really. And being able to cross my legs. Um, the first time I crossed my legs um, after I started to lose weight, I screamed. And John went, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I went, oh, I've just crossed my leg. I automatically just did it. Because when when I was big, um, and I, you know, I have to be honest, because I know that there are people out there that are heavy like I was. So I, in no way am I criticising anyone. But you tend to sit... Well, I did with my legs apart like that because you're comfortable because you're spreading your weight. You can't really, when you have massive, massive thighs like that, sit with your legs together. Okay. So the first time I didn't realise I had lost this. I went like that and it was like... A eureka moment. It was a It was. And also in the bath, I I love really, really hot baths and... You know, I'm always sort of like putting hot, more hot water in if I'm sort of, when I get in a bath, you know, I just relax. And when I was big, first of all, John used to have to help me in and out of the bath. I couldn't get in and out. And some, and I remember being, we were in a, a hotel and I was stuck in the bath and he sort of like, I know, and he, he had to let the water out before he could get me out because the water was causing a vacuum. And I remember the first time I was in a bath and I'd obviously beginning to lose weight and I leant forward and it was like, oh, well, I can lean forward. I can... And to turn... Because I couldn't before. I used to have to get up, turn around with my bottom in the air, 
to stand up, to walk over, to put more hot water in. It was such a performance, I didn't used to soak in the bath. I used to have a bath and get out because it was yeah. too much a performance. Too much of a drama. Yeah, wow. too much of a drama. And have you, because touring and, and, and you're so busy, you work really hard, and has it been... Are you just in a routine now of maintaining that uh, kind of a healthy? Well, you can't. You can't eat because what it's really difficult, it? isn't it? It's touring and eating late and eating at the wrong times, and it's, just, it just messes yeah. you. Well, it does. And touring, you know, touring, you eat, you run and grab a sandwich. I mm. mean, you know, thank God for Greg's. That's what I say. <laughs> a Greg sausage roll. It's a lifesaver. <laughs> a Greg sausage roll, and you know, you can get two for a pound, and they're hot. And they're wonderful. And it's like, come on, Gregs, let me promote you because Brilliant. I live in there. But no, seriously, yeah, you, you the food on the go is is carbs, carbs and fat, you know. Mm, it's so really hard. I do have to watch my weight. And he did say to me, my surgeon, he was spot on that you will, the summer you'll lose four pounds and in the winter you'll gain four pounds. Yeah. Maybe I gain a little bit more than four pounds, but I, you stay because your tummy is permanently tiny. Yeah. So it, can't, you've got, it won't go in there. I hope you guys are enjoying the episode as much as I am, but please hit subscribe so you can listen to the rest of the season. And we have a whole season one if you've missed it. And please tell your friends because we'd love to have the support. And if you want to leave us a review, I love hearing what you have to say. And if you also want to check out my website, kerryellis.com, there's a few little special treats on there too. A few pins, a few albums... Have a look, check it out. Okay, back to Sally. You do so many things. You've got book, well, you've had books out. You've, uh... yeah, I've written five books, three, three Sunday Times bestseller on wow. the bestseller list in my category. And um, I do podcasts like yourself, darling. A bit of merch. The bit perfume you sent me is beautiful. I, I love like it. Do you, darling? I love magic. it. Perfume. We've just ordered another batch of that, so that's going really well. And um, well, all of it is to, um, you know, it's. TV, they don't want to know you when you get over 32. Where did they get that number from? But there you go. But I'm really lucky in my field, the older you get, if you're like a, a nice wine, the older you get, people like trust that. you more. They do, they I trust like you that. more. You mature. Are you going to bring out some wine? <laughs> well, bring out I, yeah, I could wine. do. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a very good red, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is there, is there anything next? Is there any, anything new that's come in that we, we don't know about? I'm sure that there's lots of... Uh... Well, there are two very, very big projects. And, you know, I do loathe saying this because they're genuine projects and I loathe saying... I can't really talk about them, but they both include America, which is very, very exciting. And the first time in my life, Kerry, I know you, you're on stage all the time and you have to audition. The first time in my life I've had to do an audition and I did one and then I had to do another one. It was I was so nervous. But um, that project is going ahead. But it's all to do with COVID at the moment, flying in and out of America and filming and getting because it needs a full-on film crew so it's um they're coping with that but luckily that's over there they're coping with that so in it, ahead of me is america fingers oh, crossed amazing i'm writing another book that i've been i'm trying to finish i've been doing that for 18 months doing more podcasts doing skypes just literally trying to keep my head above water absolutely so so lockdown's actually probably focused 
uh, a, a part of you in, sen- in a sense because you ha- you've had to be at home. So yeah. it's restricted you, but you've... Oh, it's polarised so much. And lockdown has for me, I've had to look at stuff that has just been taught. You, you, is your brain constantly thinking of new ideas? Are you one of those people that's just can't sit still? Yes. It's, it's always coming up with new things. Yeah, well, I'm a, I am a workaholic. I've always been a workaholic. I've been, I've been working since I was 13 years old. You know, but you so love your job, so I guess that's you know that's part of it, isn't it? Having a passion and loving what oh, you do, and loving people, and you know, I am nosy, so it's great to be <laughs> able to like, you know, I look at people and I see things and I tell them, and it's a bit like as you tell them that you've opened that door, and then another three doors open in my head to do with them, and it's like, and you can see they're stunned, and I love that. That that vibe that it causes, yes. you know, that it creates for me is just incredible. Why would I ever not want to do that? Absolutely. Are you missing not being with people though? Obviously, because you know you are super interactive. Well, I am. Well, I am. But you're tactile and you're demonstrative, and I do miss that. Um, you know, not being able to grab someone and give them a hug, and you know, when you talk to, when I talk to people, sometimes they can, you know, they have a tear, and I go, oh, don't cry. You know, even if I just manage to grab their arm. I can't do that at the moment. That is very frustrating. I find that hard too. Um, yeah, exactly. It's it's weird, isn't it? And when you were out, like when I was in the Coliseum the other day, and not shaking people's hands. Yeah. Not saying, well, like, listen, I'll tell you something. I went to dinner that we managed to get um, to dinner with, with some friends uh, last week, and the manager there knows me, and he's so lovely. And... I, as he came over to me, I went and I grabbed his hand and he went, oh, Sally, I was going to give you my elbow. <laughs> he was like, and I said, well, I've just used your sanitizer. It was at the Ivy and they had their own sanitizer, which yeah. smells amazing. I'm sure. And and he gave me a bottle and I left it on the table. I was more furious that I left the, the <laughs> Ivy sanitizer, the Ivy collection sanitizer on the table. But I grabbed his hand and he was the first person. And I realised as I sat down, I said to John, do you know, I haven't shook hands with somebody for months and months and months. So weird, isn't it? Especially in our industry, we're all so tactile. We, we, you know, we? we shake. It's the most odd thing. It really is. Well, I can't get used to it. I'll never get used to it. I don't think I will. I, I think that's why I'm safe while I'm in my home. If I go out, it's like ah. Yeah, but we are in. We're in a new world, Kerry. Mm. It's a, this is a new. It's a new world, and even when COVID. We have said goodbye to COVID at the level that it is now, although it's always going to be there, hiding somewhere. Um, We are all going to be the normal flu. And I think that what's going to happen now, when we get back to the flu season, Mm. they'll come up with names for it. You know, like we, you, 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 people go, oh, I've got the flu, when really they've got a cold and used, used to go, oh, you've only got a cold. Now they'll have names for the flu and everyone's going to get their masks out. Yeah, you're right. I think... I think you're absolutely right. Like, but there's I, maybe it's a safer way of living. I don't know. It's I'm I'm kind of getting used to it. I've been into London a few times. I've been you know put my, into the shops and put yeah. my mask on. It, it, it it's amazing how quick it becomes habit and how you... it does. Well, you can. But the only thing for me being a spectacle wearer, steams your glasses up, doesn't it? Terribly, and I really can't. I really can't go without my glasses. I have to wear them. I cannot see a thing without them. So I'm now looking to get some of those. You know, the plastic ones. I want the ones that go around the head. The whole thing. 
well, I have to because I can't, it steams up. But then then I went into my local boutique. I'm so happy that I can go shopping again. <laughs> went into my local <laughs> boutique and they were all wearing them and one of them was steamed up. And I said to her, what are you doing? She said, I've just had a cup of tea underneath it and steamed oh, up the visor. Oh, hilarious. But, um, yeah, she, you know... What can you do? It's a, it's a new world. It's a new world. So, Sally, I do have to confess, when we spoke the last time, you did give me a little prediction of that. Uh, I think one thing was that I was going to go to America and perform in, in America. And the other thing was that I was going to perform at the Albert Hall. And I had nothing booked in as of yet. And literally, a few weeks later, I got booked into the Albert Hall to do a Christmas concert. And then, I believe, you were in the audience. <laughs> I was. I was in there. It was with the magazines that I write for. I write for this group, and we did some podcasts for them. And they invited us. And seriously, we were treated... Um, I was treated like the Queen. I just couldn't believe it. We were in... And they had all this champagne. And it's a this, lovely evening, oh, wasn't it? And then... You walked on stage looking, <laughs> I have to say, like a million, a billion dollars. Oh. And I just went, oh, look, there's Kerry. And somebody that was with me that was part of the podcast said, you predicted this. And I said, I did not. I had forgotten. I never remember what I say to people. Yeah, of course. So, you, so obviously when I spoke to you, you had no idea, did you? Well, no. I mean, I, I remember, yeah, you just saying I, about New York and about the Royal Albert Hall. And, and, and have you, what about New York? because that's well, always traveling isn't it traveling but i'm sure it will happen when uh you know when we can start moving around so yeah you did say a lot of worldwide travel and i did go to japan after that too so um so yeah, yeah no, I, and did i mention australia to you yes you did yes you did because i'm I've... talking to you now i'm picking that up and not that you're here for a reading darling <laughs> I'm, I'm here to talk to i'll you take it <laughs> but australia's there yeah oh amazing that would be fun wouldn't it i haven't been to australia so that would just be absolute joy um, but i think with australia you know sorry you don't mind me giving you a prediction no you, you? go ahead and, <laughs> and please tell me if i've said this to you before i i when i say I see you with a group. I see you being part of um, uh, a, a performance where there are two other. Maybe it's Michael Ball and Alfie Bow. <gasps> that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> have you sung with them? You're laughing. Like, you, has this has this been mentioned? Well, I have sung. I mean, I've, I've recorded with Alfie in the part, and I have sung with Michael, but never together. I didn't ever get on their tour. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe. Well, we'll I think that's sing. around you. How oh, crazy! I'm not going to nice. forget that one. I'll try if, not to forget that one. If that happens, you have to come. <laughs> well, which, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's my life. I'll just get on a plane and go to Australia. Just get to Australia. So, as we're speaking of readings, have have you ever had readings? Do you ever let any people, anyone read you? Is well, that I a would, odd thing? Well, it, 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 I would love them to. But do you know people get frightened? Other mediums get very scared of me. I bet, I bet. And they say to me, you know, I go, oh, can you give me a reading? They go, you are, I would never give you a reading. They just won't do it. That's so funny, isn't it? That's Because you, you'd think that, you. I, I don't know, I, I, I guess it would be odd for you because do you, do you get things that come through to yourself? Yes, about I do. I do. I do not, not often. And I think that's because I'm not looking to read for... Because it would be daily, wouldn't it? It would be like I'd drive myself crazy. Mm. But I do sometimes get feelings about things and then, like you could say, precognitive, which is basically when you get something before it happens and then it mm. happens. Mm -hmm. You know, like we think of someone, we think of a friend we haven't thought of for a long time and then 
we'll get a phone call from them or a text. And it's Family, a bit like that, that happens really. With, that happens yeah. with my brother all the time. I'll be thinking about him and he'll ring. It's the most bizarre thing. And yeah. your family as well. I mean, do you pick up things for them? I mean, do they do they let you read them or do they say... Well, they, oh. well, they do, when they were younger, when they were like, they had boyfriends and were, you know, out and about, they wouldn't dare because I remember my daughter coming home once with this boy and I said, and he walked in behind her because I used to love them bringing all their boyfriends and their girlfriends back, you know. And I just grabbed her and I said, look, I don't, that boy, I don't want him in the house. And he was like a decent looking guy. And she went, I've told you never to do this. She knew. And I said, darling, seriously. And um, he was a very naughty boy and he never came back in my house. Yeah. Wow. And you would never, ever to look at him and, you know, the way he spoke and how he acted. But he turned out to be a wrong'un, as we say, wow. in London. It was a wrong'un. <laughs> a good wrong'un. Well, that's good. good. Yeah. That was good. So, Sally, I ask everybody about their highs and their lows. And, and I want to know what has been, so far, the highest point of your of your career you know big or small it can be absolutely anything but just what's 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 kind of landed with you the most and 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 what it is and why um the, the highest point of my career interestingly enough hasn't got anything to do with a high profile person i think that the when i look back um and I'm very aware as I'm saying this, I'm sort of talking to God here, that my career isn't over yet. But when I look back on my career, I think one of the highest um, points for me is without a doubt um, the stage work. Is You know, I go to theatres that, um, you know, thespians would give their eye teeth to walk the boards on. Mm. And I'm lucky enough and I never ever forget that so the high point of my career happens sometimes on a daily basis you know I walk into these theatres especially Matcham theatres you know in the, mm. the, the the architecture and you think who's walked those boards that's it that's it. They and do seriously, about them. They do. And there's little old me. Well, the backstage doesn't, but the snow. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Do you know what I mean? I don't want I don't want the mice and the rats, and there you go. <laughs> but yeah, and I stand there and I think, am I am I really gonna fill this theatre tonight? Am I really gonna stand on my own for two hours and see people on the edge of their seats? Yeah. That's gotta be a high. Oh, it's how amazing. can how can anything top that? It can't top that. Well, I, t- I mean, I agree with you completely, but then I'm very theatre biased. Um, but and, and the complete other end of the ske- spectrum, have you had any real low points? Oh, yeah. Just- I think that, you know, I, and I, I am loathed to say that um, a sceptic or a cynic can be a low point. But I think that the lowest, the lowest time for me is definitely when I had to... Uh, take an accusation to task really and I had to get lawyers involved and um, a libel case came out of that that was a really low point for me because that libel case took nearly 18 months to um, you want to say instigate to, to get going and and it took all my savings my life savings and I'm not a saver it took you know we had to remortgage our house oh at an age when you don't want to but I won that case so there was that was a very low point but it ended but it wasn't really a victory that I wanted to celebrate Mm. and seriously I didn't celebrate it at all yeah we took the barrister 
the QC after for a drink because it was all at the High Court. Um, but we weren't celebrating. And he said to me, you know, Sally, one of the wonderful things about you, we're not celebrating. And I would have been saying to you, don't celebrate and don't let the press sit. We weren't celebrating. No, yeah. Uh, but it was just like it was a drink because it was over. Yeah. And that was a real low point for me. That was a low point for me, an ordinary girl from an ordinary background um, having to take a libel case. And not, you don't know you're going to win that libel case. Mm, Do you know what I mean? No. You have no idea you're going to win it. And I had everything was on. The, and not only would I have lost everything materialistically, but I would, uh, it was going to wipe out their accusation, their, what they were saying about me. It was wiping my childhood out and everything away because everything would have been a lie then yeah. if they'd have won. Oh. And that's why I had to take it to task. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank goodness you, it happened, you know, came out all right and you survived it. Well, yeah, thank goodness I won. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to say I won, which I did, but I'm not celebrating that mm, fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, it leads me quite well. I have just a couple of, like, last, I have my last question that I ask everybody. But just before that, <laughs> do you do the Alexa horoscopes? I do Alexa horoscopes. I, I need. Do. I found it out this morning, but and I, was, I haven't had time to do it. But I'm desperately going to run downstairs now and ask Alexa. Well, all you, all you've got to say, I'm what they call, I'm what they call native, which means I'm in there somewhere in your that. little box. And if you just say, Alexa, give me my horoscopes, it, Sally Morgan. Will come I love that. <laughs> I love that. Now I can't leave Sally without asking her my final question. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Um, Well, first of all, don't believe your own press. Stay very grounded. It's not really a a one-word answer here. I, I, I just think remain real. And yes, there are experiences in life that... Uh, you could say knock the edges off smooth us maybe we become a little bit more sophisticated and I'm not saying we should and I'm not saying that is right or wrong but I think that if we can remain true to ourselves I never forget where I came from and that's because I love being a Fulhamite I'm a Fulham girl and I'm talking about Fulham in the 40s and 50s when it was the real Fulham in the 60s. I'm a Fulham girl. I never forget that. I love being able to say that. And I think that if I could say to anybody who is on the up, never forget where you came from. Never forget when you didn't have anything. Because all of us, no matter how big or small, we can be born into money. We can be born with a silver spoon. But there will be a time when we felt we didn't have anything. It's all relative. Remember that when you're up here. Because I tell you what, it's very tough on the way down. Mm. Oh, that's a perfect way to finish it. Sally, you've been so wonderful. Oh, Kerry, that's okay, Thank darling. you so much for sharing your time and being so honest. And it's just, it's great to talk to you. And I can't wait till we're out and about and I can come to one of your shows. Yeah. And, and now, one thing I want to ask you before I go, before I go, where did you get that gorgeous leather jacket that you're wearing in all your photographs? 
It's so old. If you look at the back of it, it's all ripped and tattered. I love it. I love oh, it. Because so when old. I go when I go back on stage, I want a new image. Oh, a and new I'm image. thinking I might be like a bit of a rock chick, an aging rock chick. I love that. I th- I'll send you some. I'll send you some ideas. I might even. I might even. I was thinking about pushing a Harley on. <laughs> and parking it up and sort of leaning back on it and doing my readings from the singer of Harley Davidson. That's so fantastic. That's so good. <laughs> All you're right, wonderful. darling, listen. Love you, darling. Well, that's it for another episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Sally. What a joy you are. And also, you should check out her podcast too on all your podcast channels. Just check out Sally Morgan. In fact, I did a little chat with her earlier on in her season. Uh, Well, thank you so much to Sally and to Martin, my lovely producer, and of course to you. I hope you have a wonderful Halloween, trick-or-treating or whatever you're doing. Eat lots of chocolates, dress up, have fun, and I will see you next week. Thanks.